Hello, and welcome to Talk to Take Tuesdays. As always, thank you for spending five to seven minutes of your week with me, unless we have guests. And friends, today we have a very special guest coming on. I'm, I'm so excited about the program today. But before we get started, we just want to mention again that this month we're celebrating Movember. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching uh, Jane Polly's CBS, the Sunday morning show. And the most interesting thing to me was at the end of the program, a guy said that in order for him to learn how to become a man, he had to see a man. And so friends, that was so, it was, that was heart wrenching for me. And that's why I'm glad we have the guest on we have today. My guest, this person has sent, he sent dozens and dozens and dozens of young men to college. He's been a mentor. He's been a father figure, uncle, a friend, but I'm gonna let him talk about all that. And the best part about this interview is I've known him. He's been my best friend. He was best man at my wedding. We've known each other since we were 11, 12 years old. And I'm gonna let him brag on his accomplishments. I know he won't brag, but I'm gonna do that for him. Uh, without, without any further ado, let me bring on Coach Derek Taylor. Derek, how you doing, brother? I'm doing real good. How you doing tonight? It's always good hearing you, and this is always good. Listen, you tell a story. You've always been the best storyteller I've ever known. <laughs> but you and my father, my dad was pretty yeah, good. Your dad was pretty good. Yeah, I remember your dad could tell a great story. You know, Derek, again, man, just thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on. And Derek, I just want to get started. I'm going to jump right in. And um, I just want to, first of all, I want to say congratulations. Um, let the people know that you are one of the most successful coaches ever in Los Angeles history. You have well over 500 victories. And um, I think the most impressive thing, I think at one point in time, your JV team had over a hundred and some straight wins, which is amazing. Yeah, I got pretty, I had a pretty good record. You know, it's kind of funny with the JV thing. You remember when we was coming up, um, Tav JV basketball was like big, big, big. It was in the newspapers how uh, Jim Woodard had such a great program and he won like 108 games and only lost like 20 and everybody was going crazy. And then I replaced him. And, and I was concerned about that. And I ended up winning 144 out of 160. I mean, you just, you just never lost. So congratulations on that. You know, that that's amazing. That's but Derek, yeah, well, Derek, I brought you on because, you know, a lot of young men, their coaches, high school coaches, and they are the first uh, chance or opportunity they have to have a male role model in their life. You get kids when they're 14 to 18 years old. So you have a big responsibility. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, you know, yeah, th that's that's really true. We get them, I generally get them, you know, 14, maybe on a rare occasion, 13. Yeah, many in the last, definitely, you know, in the public school situation, it's a lot of fathers not involved. And uh, it's the very first time, yeah, many of the kids have a male figure, a, a strong male figure they can look up to. And so it's important that we as, the coaches, we have to lead by example. And so, yeah, you try to mentor. It's a lot of, it's a lot of areas that you have to show men, young men, how to grow up and to be men, how to treat a woman, how to, uh, how to treat women correctly, excuse me, how to behave in the classroom, how to control aggression when you're angry. Everything is not a fight, uh, you know, and so, and how to, and the little thing, how to shake hands, how to look another man in the eye, and, 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 you know, most people don't realize that we with these children, these kids, I call them children because I'm so old now, but we with these kids probably during this season and leading up to the season more than their, their families. 
they're with us all day, every day. And you know, and I, and I was teaching on campus, so I was with the kids all the time. So you, you want to try to be a mentor. You want to try to educate. Well, you know what, Derek, and that's funny you just said that. I remember years ago, you told me something. You said, you said, Otavi, I'd rather have a kid that's not as talented, but as disciplined and will work hard than a kid that's ultra talented and won't commit. And I just, I just have not ever forgotten that comment by you. Well, it's true because, you know, the kid who will work hard and he's going to try to do everything you ask him to do and he's going to be where he's supposed to be. Now, he may not score 20 a game, but but he's, he'll be consistently in the right spots and then you'll have a pretty good product there. And those type of kids you want to win with anyway because they're, they're buying in. Um, the ultra-talented guy, and I've had plenty of those guys who just cannot buy in because they can't get past self. Oh, put, can't put team over self. Um, they'll have great games, but generally when it counts, they'll let you down. Right. You know, it's still about them when it should be about, you know, us. And you know what, Derek, the thing that's so amazing, and I, I, I if you've no, noticed now, if you have a great basketball player, high school player, and goes to college, he's going to be there for one year, maybe two. You're having these kids for four years at a young age. So when they go to college, these college programs, and you deal with a lot of college coaches, big name coaches that you know, they're, they want your kid because they know your kid's going to come in and they're going to be have structure and discipline. And so it becomes ultra important when they enter a Duke or North Carolina or UCLA that they've worked, that you've worked with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's important. You know, it's interesting. Every coach has their own, um, I guess, objective or goals they want for their kids. I mean, some guys, they do it because they want the publicity and say, hey, I sent the kid here. My thing was, I always wanted, I got my satisfaction with knowing that if I sent the kid to college, he was ready to play right away. Um, and so that was big physically. But then the other part was, you know, like I tell every coach, I can assure you that my child is not going, my kid's coming for me. He's going to be disciplined. He's going to be uh, well-behaved. I, I would guarantee him that because I, I was really hard on the kids about, you know, just behavior and how you have to represent your name and your family and, and, and carry yourself a certain way. So I would take pride in that. That's why we get my satisfaction from. Hey, hey, you know what, Derek? I know you won't. I'm going to do some name dropping here with some kids that uh, most, some people will know that, that you mentored, coached, guided. So uh, I'm going to do some names. You can say how they were with you. So let's start with a player, one of your players. He actually went on to greater fame as a football player, won a Super Bowl uh, with the New York Giants, uh, Steve Smith. Yeah, you know, Steve was my first big star when I became the head coach. Uh, most people don't know because he was such a big football star uh, at USC and then with the Giants. But Steve, um, the record book, Steve, may be, I think he is the all-time leading scorer at TAF in basketball and rebounding as well. You know, he was three-time All-State, four-time All-City, four-time, you know, All-League, three-time MVP of the league. He was he was fantastic. So, um, you know, he was he was a competitor. He was smart. He was team first guy. So I got pretty fortunate to start my career off with having just an absolute professional athlete as, you know, my first star. Well, go from there, because you had another kid that came after Steve. This kid has also won a world championship under your umbrella, uh, played with the Lakers, uh, Mr. Jordan Farmar. Farm, I always call him Farm. Farm was amazing. I still, 
Yeah, Farm is just amazing. I didn't know how to tell you. Farm was a whirlwind. Uh, when I got him, he transferred over from Birmingham middle of, middle of the year for academic reasons. And uh, he came to me, he was just an outstanding player. I mean, he could do anything and everything. He, but it was interesting, Octavia, I could not, um, I could not find a travel team to take him. And so we would drive around town, all over town, trying to find somebody to take him. And we couldn't. And I would tell people he's really good and no one would believe me. And he kept getting cut and I didn't understand. And so we had one last team we went with um, that took us, took him. He went from get being cut in a matter of a month, less than a month. He was the MVP of the biggest tournament in America. It was the Bob Gibbons tournament that time in the spring. And he went from unknown to top 50 in America. Under your umbrella. I know you, uh, one thing I know about you, you get kids to buy in and they, they buy in, they do, they do well. Um, and I know this, dear, because I remember I, I came by Taft one day and you're telling me this kid didn't play for you, but he came by and you knew him and he's a world championship, uh, world champion also. Uh, Nick Young will come mm -hmm. by and see you sometimes at mm -hmm. Taft to see Coach Taylor. I don't go to Taft, but can you give me some advice? And he has, and he's a world championship. He was, he's, he's won a world championship with, with, with Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Nick was always good. You know, it was interesting. We had a game uh, a few years ago. So Nick calls ahead. And he says, I'm coming with Kanye. And uh, and, and Kanye needs, has all these specific, uh, you know, instructions or whatever. So we set up, set it up for him. Of course, Nick showed up and Kanye never showed. And uh, the crowd went crazy because, you know, Nick was still in his playing days with the Lakers, et cetera. And then uh, we were beating, you know, his alma mater pretty bad. And before he left, because I didn't had a chance to talk to him before, uh, before the game, before he left, he, he came all the way over he said, I would never leave this room ever without, you know, taking a moment to talk to you. So me and him became pretty good friends. He's, even though we were rivals during that time, now he's a good guy. Uh, you know, he, you know, he just believed in me and because I, I believed in him. I think a child just needs to know that you believe in them. And then uh, I, I, that gives them a chance to over, you know, achieve and, and, and believe in what they can do. Yeah, no doubt. And now, Derek, this person... You know, you might not even remember t telling me this story, but mm -hmm. this was another kid that went to TAF. I know you had conversations with him. He did not go on as a sports star. You told me this story about how they came up with the name of their record label, Ruthless Records, mm -hmm. years ago. This kid went to TAF. I know he talked to you. You talked to him. Um, mm -hmm. Most people know him by Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another kid that was at TAF. And you talk about him when he was at the school. Yeah, well, I, you know, interesting when the Ice Cube, I met Ice Cube later. Um, I, I got hired, I got hired the year Ice Cube was a senior. And then I came in, he was leaving. So we didn't get to know, I didn't get to know him as well then, but we became um, really, really good friends afterward. I trained all of his, I trained all of his kids. I would go to his house and train his kids. Um, the nicest human being ever. Like he was, totally supportive even if things weren't going right for his kids he was never condescending or mean or rude never felt entitled uh, i'll tell you a funny story i was training his, his kid and then i didn't know what to charge and then i he says how much uh do you charge an hour sale fifty dollars a session and then he stops me and he says don't you ever undersell your value to no one but i'm going to pay you 125 dollars an hour because he says that's what you that's to be your starting point of your value and then when I left TAF for those few years and went to St. John Bosco, 
I was uh, torn. I didn't know exactly what to do. So I called Q. I said, okay, what should I do? And then we went back and forth and he, and he had me pull out paper. And he said, write all these things down, you know, the importance of TAF, what, what TAF has to offer and write all of St. John Bosco. He says, then look at it. It'll, it'll show you right in front of your face what you should do. So I went to Bosco. That's a great story. I yeah. just amazing. I know how many people have connected with the young men, especially, and that's why that's why I'm glad you're on doing Movember. So, Derek, I told you I was gonna name drop. So, you know what? I'm I'm gonna talk about us, our relationship, us coming up. Um, you know, you and I, we have been doing some incredible things since we were we were 12, 11 years old. I constantly tell the story about you and I catching the bus at 10, 11 o'clock at night because we wanted to play basketball out in the valley. And um, I just, I think a lot of parents, I, they have reason to worry. Our parents didn't worry about you and I, because they knew we weren't going to be doing anything egregious. Um, and we did that. And Derek, I remember one other place we used to catch the bus, you and I used to go to Laker games. It was pre-Magic. Mm -hmm. And you could actually go to, you and I would go to Laker games and we could walk around the floor mm -hmm. at that time and take pictures with Norm yes. Nixon and Kareem. Yes. And it was amazing. It was just we were kids walking around the form yeah. pre-games. <laughs> we were poor kids. This was crazy. We were poor kids. You know, we I, I didn't have a lot. I know I didn't have much. And just the opportunity to go to the uh to go to the game was amazing. But the fact that we can get there and you have access to the players, and you know, me and you were sports fans, and then they were so gracious and nice to us. And they would sign anything we would bring to. I remember that was like the greatest time ever. Oh, we had some good times back then. Oh, we had the best times, man. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I want to talk for a minute about uh, we get to high school and yeah. we talk about the influence of men on other men, especially when they're young. For whatever reason, I told the story. Dan came on a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and I told I was talking about how um, you it was, it was three of us that always got invited to everything. It was you, Kim Jones, rest in peace. She's passed now. And I. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I, I think we we're in the 10th grade. And for whatever reason, this one teacher took interest in you, interest in you and I. And he said, hey, I'm going to take you guys to lunch. Mm -hmm. And he took us to lunch. And he constantly would tell you and I about, hey, you guys are great. You're just as smart as these other kids. Tell that story for me. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, Mr. Rothfarb, Al Rothfarb, I'll never forget him. Little bitty Jewish man, math teacher. Um, it was the very first time I... You know, remember, we just had someone always tell us how smart we were and how special we were. And I'd never heard that before. I never had nobody tell me that constantly. And, and it took a while for me to figure out, like, what's his angle? What's what's, what's his deal? Right. He's, like, too good to be true. He's too nice. You know, actuality, he really took interest in us. He saw our potential. And uh, he cared about us. Remember, he always looked out for us. Always asked, and he took us out. Who, I don't know how we went out. Who lets children, who lets students go out to brunch during lunch and yeah. lunch during with a the teacher. school hours with like we teacher. did. Exactly, with a teacher. But with yeah, he, teacher. Had, he, he was a big influence. These forms me on how I go about um, managing kids now because yeah. I remember how I felt when he told me that I was important. Right. You know what, Derek? Before I go on, I got to brag on you again. We got to talk about your kids. I know you are so proud of your daughter and your son. So your daughter, I'm, I'm, we're going to drop here a little bit. Your daughter, she did her undergrad where? 
at Princeton. And then she did grad school where? Harvard Business. At, at Harvard Business, Princeton yeah. to Harvard. And your son is where? My son's at Syracuse. And um, he's hoping to, uh, you know, go Ivy um, for grad school. Who was interested about Langston. I felt, you know, it was tough for him. Langston had, uh, he graduated like a 4.3. And, you know, he took almost every class was an AP course. And we didn't understand how he was always waitlisted for everything. I mean, from UCLA to Cal to all the Ivies. And uh, Syracuse and Villanova really wanted him in as a student so bad. So they, they, they offered us a lot of money for him to go. So that's one thing black kids don't know, or not necessarily black kids, any family, if you don't have a lot of money, uh, the money to afford a lot of those schools, if your children, your kids perform well enough in school, they will they will pay for you to attend their schools. Right. And, and I really want to bring, I want to bring up your kids is because just, you said something, we didn't grow up with a lot. And one generation, your daughters, they, these Ivy, they're throwing money at your, at your children. You know, mm -hmm. I'm proud of my kids. I know you're super proud of your kids. I'm proud of you you know, for the job you've done as a father, because I've known you this whole time and man, just, you've done some amazing stuff. So anyway, I want to talk about some other stuff when we were kids. <laughs> um, I talked about us riding the buses. Now, uh, I've always joked about how you taught me how to read the sports page. <laughs> and I remember every single day you would bring a Herald Examiner and a Times. Yep. And you would say, Octavia, you start at the last page. Read transactions <laughs> first. The transaction page will tell you everything you need to know. And I, and I still, I remember going back and looking at how the Lakers did, who scored what. And yeah. so, true story, you taught me how to read a sports page. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> it's so funny because I would like to get to the results. And my father did it. So I actually read, it's weird. I actually read the LA Times backwards, almost like a dyslexic person. And I read the Herald Examiner, which most people know about the Herald Examiner, what a great paper. But I read the Herald Examiner from the front to the back. So I don't understand how I, it got like that. Maybe because I was such an impatient, I'm so impatient as a human being, I wanted to get to back to the results and then I read the rest of it later. But yeah, I read the LA Times backwards. I know, it's crazy. And my dad did it, so I, kind of thought that was the only way you're supposed to do it because you know and, how and, and you pass and you pass it off to me yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like this is how you read the sports page like me <laughs> so Derek, we'll have a we'll have a little fun now i'll talk about some i'll use some apologies in life some things that happen between us that i owe your party number the, the the one thing i want to talk about is um is our grad night and anybody that's not from california in california we graduate from high school disneyland um closes down the park for all these schools to come together and you mm -hmm. stay in the park like, from nine o'clock until um i don't know five o'clock in the morning yes and so uh when we were seniors we went to grad night mm -hmm. and um derek had to escort my date for most of the night him and his date had to take care of my date you want to tell that story Derek? <laughs> yes i i learned something about you i didn't know that but i remember okay grad night was so crazy because all the schools that night, it wasn't just public schools, probably LA Unified. It might be schools from all over Southern California for us, you know, and we would all be there. And it was so crowded and you got claustrophobic. <laughs> I mean, you got sick because it was too many people and you got claustrophobic. And I, <laughs> I remember that. I feel bad for you. But that's the first time I've ever seen anybody ever have 
um, a claustrophobic moment. And I, I understand it, but I want to make sure that you was okay because you was my best friend. And, and <laughs> if you were not okay, I was gonna have a problem because it was. I was, and so I remember that. So I, I took care of Terry. <laughs> yeah, I ended up. I, I I spent the night at the Disneyland Hospital, <laughs> and you had to escort Terry that evening. So thank thank you so much, Derek. And so so I'm gonna go from there, and talk about once again, Derek. You know, we just did stuff. You and I, when we graduated from high school, we decided to drive to Seattle. Mm-hmm. We had never been to Seattle. Um, and I think you went to your father and told him we were going to Seattle. I'm not even sure if I had a driver's license or not then. But I went to my father and I said, you know, I'm going to Seattle. And uh, I'm going to Seattle with Octavia. And my father never qu- never wavered. He said, uh, let me show you how to drive an open highway then. That's <laughs> what he told me. And other than that, that was it. And you remember? We went to that 7-Eleven on DeSoto and Ventura, and we bought a regular map, like right. some traveler type thing. And we we literally drew out a route on reading the map. You know what, Derek? The best part of that trip was, I don't know if you remember, we got a, the, the car started to overheat. Mm-hmm. And uh, we couldn't figure out. And this guy came up, he said, hey, so it looks like you got a hole in your radiator. Pour some pepper in your radiator. And we're mm-hmm. like, what? What? Yes, trust me. And we poured the pepper in the radiator and never had another problem. I know, didn't and it worked, you know? It worked. I, okay, I'm, I'm confession time. Absolutely. I tried that maybe 10 years later in a car that I had an old Volkswagen and it worked again. <laughs> right. It worked. Pepper <laughs> in your radiator. If you have a metal radiator. Pepper, pepper in, in the radiator. I thought that only yeah. went on food. Yeah. So Derek, it's time to, we're gonna have some fun, more fun, some questions. I came up with some questions for you. I think you'll like these questions. So my first question, when you were playing basketball, you played in high school, you played in college. If there was one person you could have played with in history, who would have been? If I could play anybody in history? Oh. Yes. Probably Kobe Bryant. Kobe and why? Uh, I just, you know, just knowing that what at the age I'm at now and understanding the level of competitiveness and desire to win and uh, he had a focus. I got fortunate enough. I was a director of one of his camps, of his first two camps at Loyola Marymount. So I got to work with him and I seen his laser focus and he had you know, this determination to want to be the best. At the same time, he was very, very um, open and, and and friendly to people, but he would have been the one I want because I just marveled at his ability. You know, I, I I think Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever, but I would have probably like I ain't probably I know I would have loved to play with Kobe if I had an opportunity. That surprises me a little bit. I thought you would have said magic. So, Derek, here's your second question: mm-hmm. If there's one NBA player now that's playing now, and you watch him, if you could say, "Man, I wish I had that kid when he was in high school," because I could have corrected some of those bad habits. Who was that player? Interesting. Uh, I don't, uh, well, this is an obscure name. I'm so sorry. I could use a big name, but it's obscure. Um, like a Jordan Clarkson. Well, Jordan Clarkson played for the Lakers. Yeah, super played with the Lakers. Yeah. Played with the Lakers. So yeah. talented, but I think at times he makes, uh, you know, he just makes bad decisions, um, make, you know, crazy decisions. Uh, but yeah, I I oh, I wish I could have coached like an Allen Iverson. I thought I could have 
I thought he was so gifted. I think I could have cleaned him up a little bit because I still think as great as he was, I thought he had a lot of stretches. He was inefficient. Uh, I think if you teach a kid earlier that it's kind of cool to be a little bit efficient, I think I could have reached him too. Those would have been the two. But I, I Jordan Clarkson sticks out so much. I think he's so gifted. I think most of the world don't understand how good he is. But I still think he struggles at time with decision-making. And I think part of it is just teaching a kid. But he's one right. of my favorite players. Okay. And your final question, your final question. Um, not about who's the best player in the NBA, but this question, who do you, what player do you think has had the biggest influence on the NBA? And I'm going to tell you my answer first, and then you could go with your answer. I believe Steph Curry has had the biggest influence in history on the NBA because you, a lot of kids now are like, man, I can, they don't realize Steph Curry is actually tall. He's 6'3". But a lot yes. of people are saying, I can make the NBA if I can just, I can practice shooting. That's something I can learn to do. What player do you think has had the biggest influence ever on the NBA? Well, I'm agree with you. I, I, I can't, I can't not knock that. At first I thought it was Magic and Larry Bird because Magic and Bird saved the NBA. Cause remember yes. we was growing up, the NBA was, um, we remember we watched the playoffs on tape delay. 11 right. after the news. Right. And so very rarely could we even stay up long enough. We fall asleep after the first quarter. So you never seen the games. So I thought they did because they bought, I thought at first, but no, I agree with that. I think Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is not only opened the game up where now everyone shoots the three, it has changed. He has changed the way people even approach the game now. Uh, taking the big man out of the game because everybody shoots the ball so well. If you go to training, one thing has to be included in training is shooting. So I agree with you. I think Stefan has clearly been the most influential person in basketball um, in this, in you know, in the modern day era right now. I mean, very rarely is a man do a man change an entire way people play. You, you know, think about Stefan compared to like Teddy Riley in music. Teddy Riley in the in the mid to late eighties created. A complete sound right that everybody bought into stephen curry has completed us i mean has has as now people are trying to emulate a style he's created an entire style of basketball based on how he plays so i i agree with you well thank you derek derek man i could go on forever just talking you we just talk to you every day. <laughs> we just yeah. every day thank you so much for coming on i know you always so busy everything so you know i love you brother there just one last thing just if you could do quickly short the best piece of advice for young men that you would want to give to young men to help them be just better people i i think the biggest thing is just take a step back and just listen respect other people because I think generally, generally young people tend not to uh, respect others or and or like most humans, they can't, they don't really care about what others going to other people's lives. And my biggest advice is I want people to sit back. If there's 10 billion people in the world, that's 10 billion stories. And every single story is important. So take a moment to learn somebody, take a moment to listen to other people, learn to be a little bit more patient, and understand that you know other people matter as well as you do and i i, I don't think human beings are and, and young you know just young folks in general because it's, it's a instant self-gratification type of society now with social media etc and we don't really care too much about others 
But I think we need to. I think we need to listen to other people and respect other people. And uh, always be confident in who you are. Don't let don't allow anybody to tell you that you cannot achieve, that you cannot reach your goals. And don't be afraid to state what you want in life. And then don't be afraid to go after it. Once you, you, you know, you, that's what you want to do. Go get it. Because you can achieve it if you make the effort. Whatever you put into life is exactly what you're going to get out of it. Derek, thank you so much for coming on today. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate well, you, you know, so much. Which is crazy. We we talked tonight. I know we got to hang up, but we talked tonight. We may have covered about 2%. Because there's so much about me and you, just, you know, details and the bus rides. And you remember all the stuff at Parkman, the guys shooting at us with the BB guns. <laughs> <laughs> the epic yeah, parties in Cheryl's house. 2%. Two, yeah, got so many stories. So many. But I love you to death. You know, I, I don't know we don't talk as much, but you are truly a you just one person who's who had the biggest influence on my life and there's love you to death. I mean, you know, live with you guys, live with your family, know your family well. I just got the highest, utmost respect for you and your family. I you know, love you guys more than anything. Thank you, dear. So friends, there you have it. Young men, take his advice. Old men, take his advice. Middle-aged men, take his advice. So before we sign off today, I just want to say something. You know, this Thursday, we're going to celebrate what people call Thanksgiving. I know some people say, ah, no, no, I don't appreciate it. Well, I'm telling you this. You know what? This Thursday, whether you call it Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it, know that you're blessed. Know that someone, because I care about you, know that someone on this earth cares about you because I care about you. Spend time with your family, your friends, eat, go help somebody else eat, do whatever you need to do. Have a blessed Thursday and be thankful. So today's words come from the artist Nicki Minaj and they go, I sprinkle holy water upon a vampire. In this very moment, I'm king. In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling. This very moment, I bring Put it on everything that I will retire with the ring. And I will retire with the crown. Yes, no, not luckily, I'm blessed. Clap for the heavyweight champ, me. But remember this, I couldn't do it alone. It's about we. Friends, I'll see you next Tuesday.